Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Filmed in Canada, the podcast about Canadian movies. So I'm William Lee, and I'm joined by... Alexander Cairns. Today we're going to talk about David Cronenberg's Crash from 1996. Yeah, 96. Yeah. I, I was surprised that it's been almost 20 years since Crash came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you see it upon its original release? Yes, I saw it in the I saw it in the theaters when it when it uh, was first released. I was working at a theater where it was showing. So, um, so I, I guess also looking back, um, it was that long ago that I that I worked at a movie theater. Yeah, it's a bit surprising. When did you see it? I first saw it a year ago at the Cinematheque when they were holding their Cronenberg retrospective, and then rewatched it for this go around. And you've done more research. That I've uh, that I have. Uh, you've you've uh, read some essays about it, and you've read the uh, the script. I've read the novel, the screenplay, and then yeah, just a handful of of uh, interviews and trying to wrap my head around psychopathology, if I can. <laughs> psychopathology. Yeah, right. but um, we'll, I guess we'll get into that in a bit. Do you want to talk mm. about? Uh, I find it sometimes easier. To talk about a movie, to talk about a movie that I dislike, because I can I can point to something and say this is this is why it doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah. So I was a little bit um, hesitant to talk about Crash because it's a movie that I really enjoy, that I really admire. Yeah. And so I I, I wonder if this is going to be the podcast where I just have nothing to say because I can't really <laughs> explain why it works so well for me. Yeah, I can recognize that externally it's a movie that that. Um, if if it's not disliked, it's certainly um, considered good and bad by different people. It's not universally praised, or like there, there's not there's not a whole body of of criticism outlining everything that's great about it. The way that there is with say a Paul Thomas Anderson, all of his movies are are talked about at length. Um, I think the same the same thing is kind of going on with crash there's there's a lot of controversy around the film itself and i i don't know if i don't know if at this point it's it's kind of been forgotten to an extent it seems i guess maybe you could speak to more about at the time what that controversy was if if you remember experiencing any of that at the theater or anything like that it i remember when it uh when it came out there was a lot of um, um, advanced press because it, it had been at Cannes and uh, uh, there had been some notable advanced reviews regarding it. Um, and uh, there was the famous uh, quote on the posters that it was uh, um, what, daring, original, audacious. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. There was Which a poster. You could, you could probably pull as words out of like ninety percent of any critic's review of some revered director's movie. <laughs> but audacious, audacious, <laughs> I think is very unique. Yeah, but I, I just remember there was a poster that came out. It just said original, daring, audacious, because because some critic had had written that about Crash. Oh, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, and then I, and there was um, there was a CBC show called uh, I want to say the Newsroom or Newsroom. Um, that was uh, it took place in the CBC it was um, it was uh, uh, created by a fictional by, show it was a fictional show okay. it, it was created, created by Ken Finkelman who uh, an underrated Canadian Canadian uh, satirist I would say 
But it was a limited run, uh, like six episodes that aired in the summer. And it was um, uh, a satire about, um, about the media. Yeah. So, uh, so it, was, it was these people who worked in a newsroom. At the time, I think people said it was a Canadian version of the Larry Sanders show or something like that because it was, it was a little bit behind the scenes type of um, kind of take on, on how media is made. But it was these people who worked at, at the CBC. And, and then the main, uh, the news director, um, he, was, he was this guy who was um, kind of more concerned about his own thing than about uh, his work. So he would just, he would, he would just get, um, in, an, in any episode, just kind of uh, wound up over some little triv- trivial matter. Mm-hmm. But then an episode where David Cronenberg was, uh, was coming on to talk about Crash. Okay. And, um, and he met, and, his, and Ken Fickleman's character met him in the hallway, and, and, and David Cronenberg asked him, like, oh, you, yeah, what did you think of the movie? And he just says, oh, yes, it was, it was daring, original, audacious. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I thought, for a long time, I thought, people just knew about Crash by its um, advanced press, by its uh, reputation. Yeah. Um, and I, I wondered if anybody was actually seeing it. Um, at the theater where I was working, we had it exclusive for a few weeks, um, if not the whole time, if not the whole run, because it was it was the um, it was the original cut for um, Canadian uh, cinemas, which would be uh, rated NC seventeen in, in in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, which and, would that be? What eighteen A? I think it would be R. I, R. I think at the time that the R rating yeah. uh, here, um, they uh, at some point they had restructured the rating so that there was an eighteen A. Um, and then there was an R, which meant absolutely no children allowed. But it right. was, you know, it wasn't meant to be um, like a uh, uh, like an adult. Well, it was, yeah, it's just like no no children allowed. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, that would be applied for only like I'd only see that rating for a few movies. This was one of them. I think irreversible movies like that would have the R rating. Yeah, yeah. but. Um, at, when I was working at the theater, there was—I mean, there was never any sold-out screenings, but there was a steady trickle of people coming in to see it. Yeah. And most people leaving uh, were just uh, kind of giggling to themselves. And and uh, the most the most common thing I heard people say on the way out was "drive safely" <laughs> when they when they said bye to their friends. <laughs> <What>? Yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, what was I going to say? So. Oh, I guess we should back up and, and kind of establish what this movie is because I think we're speaking about it as if its reputation precedes itself, but sure. even just to give a plot, plot synopsis as we do and all okay. that. Well, and it is, it is 19 years old, so um, uh, I think we're not going to spend too much time in the, um, like, not giving things away. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, briefly, you want to... So, Crash, based on the novel from sometime in the 70s, by James G. Ballard, J.G. Ballard, who, um, what was the, what was the Spielberg movie? The Empire of the Sun. Empire of the Sun, yeah. So the, was that, uh, was that an autobiography? I don't know. Did he write that? Ballard wrote it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. About a group of British nationals in, I want to say China. Does that sound right? When, uh, when uh, World War II um, reaches their island and, and, the uh, Japanese um, um, are attacking the island. So it's, okay. it's about that experience. Yeah. Anyway, I guess just to kind of establish Ballard, I, I'm, I'm not too familiar with his his stature or anything like that, but it seems like obviously he's been adapted by two of the world's leading filmmakers, so must be something going on there. 
Um, but so Crash, originally written in the 70s, Cronenberg adapts it in 96. It is about a, would you say, filmmaker? He, it seems like he makes commercials. A he's, gen- a, he's a producer or a director or something. He yeah. does, yes. A gentleman named James Ballard uh, is introduced to us in a sort of casual sex scene with, with one of the... With a crew member. Crew member of uh, uh, the commercial that they're shooting. He is, uh, I think, driving home that same night and gets in a car accident, kills the man behind the wheel, and um, kind of witnesses this the woman in the car in the passenger side uh, having a sexual experience as a result of this crash and... She exposes her breast to him. He is in the hospital for a while, recuperating, runs into this woman, uh, goes by the name of Helen, Helen Remington. In meeting her, he sort of discovers this world of, of individuals who are obsessed with car crashes and have kind of blended their sexuality and their sexual experiences with vehicles and with the technology of the automobile. And the movie progresses through various sexual experiences in vehicles, various car crashes, witnessing other accidents, and um, just kind of explores the psychology of these characters who are obsessed with this new, or I guess to new to us as the audience, kind of sexual experience. Mm-hmm. I think you're missing one element of that if you if I if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh the other important thing too is that it's about the relationship between um between James and Catherine, his wife. Yeah. It's not clear if they've hit a dry spell or something, but they do seem to be looking for new sexual adventures to uh, to keep their relationship um exciting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the movie opens with her having um an extramarital affair with a woman or with a man in this airplane hangar and the the very next scene is James having this affair with the with the crew member at his film production and then they go home and they talk about it and then they're able to have sex with each other as a yeah. result of that kind of and did you notice that they're having they're having um in their their two extramarital moments they're having the same sex they're having the same. They're in the same positions. Positions. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and so. and later on, when uh, when he gets it on with um, Helen, on. <laughs> when he gets busy. Well, actually, I, I love I love that you say that because because especially in the novel, uh-huh. the the descriptions of the sexual acts are so clinical and like mm-hmm. like has none of that kind of obviously he wants to take it seriously so he's not going to say they when then they get it on or whatever but mm-hmm. um yeah that was that was something that that was just an a, a bizarre experience reading the novel is just how almost medical the the explanations of the sex scenes are yeah. and so it's it's difficult to translate that because we're not going to sit here and and be like and then the, he was sitting this way while yeah. she had her legs this way. No, we're not going to do. <laughs> probably not going to do that today. No, but uh, but when he has sex with uh, with Helen in the airport parking lot, yeah. Okay. Um, the next scene is is uh, James having sex with Catherine again in the same position. Okay. So there's there's something about what they're taking from these um, um, extramarital affairs, transferring into their 
into their private lives, into their uh, married life, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I found that very interesting. Mm-hmm. That uh, that it was very deliberately that they're uh, they're repeating that sex act. Did you like the movie? I don't know. The, the only the only thing that I can think of is this. I don't think this is the kind of movie that I can like. Okay. In the sense that I don't know that I get any enjoyment out of watching it, but it certainly it certainly brings up a lot of a lot of thoughts. You know, it's not something that I would just pop on and and be like, "Hey, let's watch Crash." Like it's 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 a very um, draining experience, I would say. Yeah, I guess I like it. Yeah, you you appreciate it. Yeah, you think it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I I, I admire it greatly, and I would say uh, I would admit that it's a movie that turns me on. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Now, I ask you that because uh, I wonder if um, if it's hard for people to talk about movies with uh, when when it's when you're trying to uh, when you're trying to. I wonder if it's hard for people to <laughs> take two. Yeah. <laughs> I I have to insist that we keep all this nonsense in because because like there's just no there's no point in trying to come up with like some perfect. Well, I'm, I would only I'd cut for podcast time. Podcast production. <laughs> oh man, take three, take three. <laughs> okay, I, I wonder if it's uh, difficult for people to readily talk about movies in the sense of like, am I turned on by a movie? Like, I think it's hard for people to go to a movie and say to their friends, "Let's go see this movie. I heard it's about sex. I might get a boner watching this movie. You want to come with me?" <laughs> But we'll go and say like, well, have you heard about this movie? It's really controversial. It's really, um, you know, it's really this and that. It's really, uh, that's no one that, that people are talking about. Something we haven't seen before. Let's go because it's a new experience. We don't say let's go to see this movie because I might get turned on. And mm-hmm. I feel like getting turned on today. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's not easy for most movies. And we're not, uh, I mean, I, I mean, like legitimate proper movies. I, I mean, not a hardcore movie. Yeah. So I'm accepting those, right? It's not easy to get turned on by uh, by a normal movie, I think, because there's so much um, there's so much built into it um, that reminds you that you have to take it seriously, or that it's uh, that it's kind of stylized and it's phony. Um, so it's it's hard to just say, you know, my brain and my body are reacting to it in a certain way. Yeah. So I find this movie very interesting because of how it does that how the blend of um the blend of violence and sex the the way it plays with the the driving scenes uh to build suspense and how it re- releases that tension by uh giving you um the characters in an intimate moment yeah um the blend of those types of scenes for me it blurred the line between whether I was whether I was excited sexually or whether I was excited because I thought I was about to see something violent. Yeah. And I think that is really interesting that this movie does that. Yeah. No, he, I mean, he pulls that off perfectly because I'm thinking specifically of the end where, um, where James has, uh, taken Vaughn's car out of the impound lot and he's just barreling down this two way, this two lane street that's, you know, one lane in each direction. And he's just, he's just passing people with aggression and like that felt exciting and like erotic in a way because because by that moment you're um even though even though um like these aren't 
sexual experiences that I would ever find myself engaging in. You're so thoroughly brought into this world that you are almost able to experience the excitement that he feels behind the wheel of this car and and the the sexual element that he brings to it. Yeah, if this is um, if this is a glimpse into someone else's fetish, it it doesn't say that you have to f- share the fetish, but it it does ask you to sympathize with the feeling you get from fulfilling um, that fetish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other scene is, that comes to mind for me is when when Vaughn is driving that car behind Catherine. Yeah, and he's 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 constantly accelerating and and just um, just missing um, hitting her car. Yeah, and uh, and then James is following them and he's witnessing this, and it is this uh, this aggression. Um, it feels, I mean, there's there's the there's a threat of a, of a car accident. And there's a threat that maybe Vaughn is endangering Catherine's life. Yeah. But there's also the threat of this sexual aggression that another male has, uh, like, come on James's turf. Yeah. Um, like, if, if James is uh, not exactly impotent, but he's, he's sort of um, kind of a, a stale mate to Catherine, that someone new has come on and is, is threatening uh, to, uh, to uh, impregnate or, or do something with, with Catherine. The, I think that, that is also like a very uh, visceral moment where yeah. you feel like um, something, something dangerous might happen or something sexually exciting will happen. Yeah. And that, that confrontation actually ends with um, Catherine pulls into the filling station. Vaughn kind of screeches past her, and then James pulls in in between them to kind of separate the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's the dynamic you would see in like a party scene or something in another movie where yeah. the characters are uh, they're they're interacting, and and the husband finally says like, "Hey, what's up with this? You know, don't you know, um, back off." But it's played out with cars, and that, yeah. I think that is very original. Totally. Yeah. Now, actually, I, I, and here I, I said original there. Um, you finished reading um, the novel. Yes. Is that scene in the novel? Um, so I read the novel over a year ago. I read it um, in advance of seeing it at the Cinematheque when I saw it in theaters a while back. So I don't, I don't remember the specifics of the novel that well. Um, but from what, from what I can recall of the novel and from what I've read about Cronenberg's adaptation, in, like he's, he's explained in interviews, it's pretty much verbatim every scene to a certain extent. I so, I flipped through the novel a little bit, and I could see that uh, the dialogue is pulled straight out from there. Yeah. And, uh, he cuts out a lot of the dialogue. Well, I'm thinking of the hospital stuff at the at the beginning. Uh, yeah. That's all in there. The the way that the way that Vaughn's accident, um, his his last accident. Um, see, I don't remember it in the novel being. Um, that he gets in the accident as a result of pursuing James and Catherine. No, he was. Um, he gets into an accident. He's uh, just on his own. I, he was. He was trying to kill Elizabeth Taylor. Right. But the. But the description. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 The, the description of how that of the car accident scene though is is pretty much from the yeah. book. Yeah. And he. Yeah. How he dives into the um, the bus of yeah the, the airport shuttle yeah. bus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally. I forgot about the whole Elizabeth Taylor thing. But yeah. So I guess that's really the only thing that's distilled out of the movie is is the um the actress the element of it the 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 kind of bringing in the celebrity because that that did play into a lot of the novel mm. in my memory yeah but um Cronenberg extricates it to just focus on sure. these characters and obviously he couldn't get Elizabeth Taylor to be in his movie well but, I wonder if you tried I don't know <laughs> the way that the that that Ballard's writing is is so clinically focused on 
the details of damage, though. Um, you would think that it makes total sense that Cronenberg would uh, would take to it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Cronenberg enjoys the um, the damage and um, mutilation to cars the same way that he's into body horror? I, I don't know. I guess it's not as precise as some of the bodily transformations that you'll see in Videodrome or The Fly, mm-hmm. just because... Maybe maybe just because our eyes aren't as attuned to recognizing damage on a vehicle and and really perceiving that, but a couple of the a couple of the shots that I could think to are when he gets into the accident at the beginning when James hits um, Helen's husband's vehicle when he comes flying through when he comes flying through the windshield for one that just the way that he just barrels into the into the passenger seat just like totally shocked me but then it it cuts to an insert of his hand showing the imprint of of the um what do you call it the 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 plate the like the logo of oh, the vehicle yeah those little what do you call it on the front of the hood the hood ornament yeah, the hood ornament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it, it, cut, it cuts, shows an insert on his hand of, of the imprint of the hood ornament on his hand. Oh. And then it cuts to the, it cuts to the ornament itself to kind of demonstrate that, like, that, that's, that's, that's kind of James's first clue to the fact that, like, there's, there's some, there's something to the impact of this, of this crash and there's something exciting about it to him. And mm-hmm. because because as soon as he sees that imprint, he then looks over to Helen and sees her expose her breast and 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 touch herself. And then one other one other um, kind of scene that I can point to that kind of connects with with Cronenberg's body horror is uh, near the end when Catherine's like, "You got to come see my car," and it's just been it's just been dented in and grooved in, and James kind of runs his hand across it mm. and almost by just touching it immediately knows that it was Vaughn that that committed this act of of aggression on her vehicle. Yes. Yeah. I think something that is missing not missing, but I I guess um I think to uh to press that point about the merging of the body and the automobile is uh is more bodily fluids. I think I think mm. if we saw more bodily fluids, maybe that's the thing that would that would help us um, connect those two things and and understand the uh, the eroticism of uh, of the human body sort of dirtying the automobile. Yeah, um, and that was probably a censorship issue. There's one scene I think which is which really is significant for that theme um, occurs um, when they have the when they go through the car wash. Yeah, and Catherine and Vaughn are having sex in the back of the car, yeah. in the back seat. That scene concludes in the in the original cut. That scene concludes with uh, Catherine putting her hand on um, on the uh, headrest in in front of her. Yeah, and and her hand is smearing. Uh, yeah, and her hand is 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 covered in bodily fluid. Yeah, and that's um, that's a scene that's missing in uh, in the, in the more um, censored cuts. Yeah, yeah. just that shot. Um, did you happen to watch any of um, the uh, cut version of the film? No, no. Because I mean, I can imagine what specifically was cut to a certain extent. But uh, we both saw it on on DVD before um, recording this, yeah. um, and so the DVD we had included the original cut and uh, and a so called R cut that was for the states. Um, I wonder if that cut was actually used because. The way that it's presented on the disc, the the edits are so um, not really polished. They're mm-hmm. just they, you can see you can. It looks like the disc 
is just programmed to like exclude a few right, seconds right, instead right. of an actual instead of an actual editor like right. making a proper well, cut. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, and that might just be because they were trying to save space on the DVD and didn't want to have to actually print two cuts onto it or whatever. I don't know how um, DVD mastering. Like I would imagine if, they, if Criterion did it, they would actually track down the. The theatrical if, print, but if one exists, like if yeah, an R cut, right. you're wondering exists. if it does. Okay, yeah. Yeah. If an R cut exists, then yeah. it should have proper proper edits. You would yeah. think, unless Cronenberg just said, like, you know, whoever wants the uh, uh, the edited version, screw you, just use a crappy version of that, right? Yeah. Um, a key scene that's missing from the R cut is the conversation between James and Catherine, where Catherine asks him, "Can you imagine what?" Vaughn's body looks like right. Yeah, that whole scene is cut from the. From I, 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 w- I thought that would have been yeah, yeah, just because she's fairly exposed in that. Not because uh, well, she's the, a lot of the scenes where she's naked are are, um, are retained in the in that cut. It's just okay. that conversation of asking her husband, "Could you imagine having sex with another man?" Right. I think that was just too much for for that version. Oh. So. But then he actually has sex with that man, and that stays in, does it? I think it's shortened. I wasn't really okay. sure what was there and what's not. Um, yeah. They certainly have that scene. I just don't know if it was to the to the full extent. Yeah, that and that's actually another example of the kind of body horror element of it because they 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 have just gotten their tattoos and they're all bruised and mm-hmm. um, th- that that's kind of of uh, this visual metaphor of of the the technology the the vehicle being imprinted on on the body. Um. Uh, yeah, well, so you you mention the the bodily fluids and another another thing that actually yeah this is this is coming together here. So uh, Patricia Arquette's character Gabrielle, I forget. I believe that's her name. I don't yeah. know if it's really mentioned, but yeah, is that, it, that is was that Vaughn's wife. Uh, is that meant to be Vaughn's wife? I, I think she's just there. Okay, like. There's there's Seagrave and then there's his wife who she was she was in a couple scenes when they're in that house but but Gabrielle I think is just kind of part of the crew um, yeah because I mean Vaughn wouldn't doesn't seem like the type of person that would be contractually okay tied to a person okay <laughs> yeah, maybe not yeah. um, so she's got the like massive leg wound yes. And um, almost looks like it's just being held together by the straps on her on her brace, in a sense. Um, but so in the script, it's described that James like has sex with that wound. Yeah, but I didn't really get that it, watching no. it. I just I thought that. I just thought that they she was like you know they're they're kind of contorting their bodies inside of this vehicle, and she, okay. yes, so he has to lift her leg. But I didn't. I didn't get the sense that he was actually. Oh no! I I think I got that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, he because uh, it's definitely meant to be that. I just didn't. I just didn't perceive it. Yeah. I wonder. Maybe it was just um, they 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 could only take it so far or whatever. Yeah. But the, I think I got. I certainly got the sense that um, like he was holding her her leg up, and there was. Uh, I think there was the motion and the sound effect of him undoing his pants. Yeah. And. And he was he was humping her leg. He was yeah. humping her leg wound. <laughs> yeah. So that is like that's pure body horror right there. I mean, he's he's come up with an entirely new. I mean, it's in the book as well, so it's not Cronenberg's invention, mm-hmm. but but it's an entirely new form of sexual intercourse in a sense. I don't know that she's getting much out of it, but and that's <laughs> that's something that Cronenberg does a lot is is 
find find new ways of using genital imagery um, that can get past the sensors so that it isn't just like a banned film because i mean if you look at naked lunch mm-hmm. the uh the mugwumps are ejaculating out of the tops of their heads all the time right. and, yeah. um in, the, um, the typewriters the typewriters are speak out of anuses existence there's there's lots of like digital penetration oh my god i love that yeah and and the um even the controllers look like phalluses and they get inserted yeah. into people's backs and um yeah. i'm thinking of uh, rabbit as well okay. um uh, what's the woman's name marilyn i think it's marilyn chambers the porn actress that's in that movie hmm. uh rabbits uh, one of cronenberg's earliest films where um this woman gets attacked i think she just gets attacked by a parasite or something but she's at this secluded uh kind of medical facility and um ends up like going crazy because of this parasite and, and it's like attacking people and it's this growth it's this thing that extends out of her armpit it's this phallus that comes out of this 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 wound in her armpit and she like jumps on people and this thing just like bites their face off or something. I don't know. It's, it's pretty crazy. Wow. The special effects aren't great, but, um, Videodrome, the, the chest woods. vagina and like, yeah, he puts so, so, so he's, he's constant, he's constantly coming up with ways of, of showing you genitalia where, you know, it might get cut out of his movie by, based by the studio or by the ratings boards. And and he gets away with it because oh you know it's just oh it's a it's a horror movie like you know right yeah the the scene where um, where Rosanna Arquette and uh, and the James Spader character they go to the car dealership yeah I I guess I didn't make the connection on my first viewing but this viewing it was it was very obvious it was a scenario that you see in in sort of lighthearted. I want to say I want to say porn movies, but I'm not sure if that's like the proper. It, it's a scenario you see where two characters are trying to like tease a salesman, right? Right, like the uninitiated yeah. outside observer. Yeah, is, like they're is titillated by the yeah, and the, and the couple is getting off by the fact that he can't take part in this thing, right? right? Yeah, and I think it's usually set up like in a public place, right? It's 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 got to be somebody who is a salesperson, like a yeah. shoe salesperson, right? Who's like helping. Um, a gorgeous woman try on shoes, but um, and she's and she's teasing him with her with her legs and stuff. But he can't uh, get any real release from that, right? Right. And that's. Did you notice that that scene was exactly that scenario? I didn't. I didn't necessarily relate it to. No. They even have the salesman uh, wearing glasses to kind of like emphasize the fact that he's he's not. Um, he's not like a, f- he's got handicaps or if yeah. I, if I can use that word, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, he's, he's got, he's got physical flaws, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing about this movie that, um, getting into watching it the second time, I was kind of just turned off by how humorless it was Oh, because Cronenberg's movies uh, always uh, typically have some element of comedy to them or just some level of absurdity. I'm even thinking of like a history of violence. Isn't that funny per se, but just, um, Ed Harris's character in that movie is so ridiculous and like and so there's 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 just at least some level of of absurdity or comedy to to a lot of his work whereas this just fe- like he takes it so seriously that these people would develop this obsession with mm-hmm. with vehicles and and with kind of blending their their body with these cars but that that was a scene where I was just able to laugh and 
that, like you, so you get you get the sense that there is some level of comedy to it. And I think Patricia, Ar- Ar- yeah, Patricia Arquette. Is it Rosanna or Patricia Arquette? Rosanna Arquette. Yeah, Rosanna Arquette. Her character is like like there's there's Vaughn and then there's Gabrielle. Like she's just on a whole other level of weirdness with like the the like thing that's like cupping one of her breasts and like the, how she just kind of hobbles around with her canes and like you don't know wh- like like what accident has caused her to be so disfigured and yet still alive and like not just completely incapacitated in a wheelchair. Hmm. Do you think there's a through line uh if we were to like if we were to track our relationship with machines um say uh say we take something like Frankenstein or Bride of Frankenstein uh where we're afraid of machines where we're afraid of science to something to crash where we want to have sex with technology to her where we are in love with technology. Right. Um, yeah. And I think, I think in terms of crash being, I mean, certainly Ballard spoke of it as a cautionary tale. I don't know. Cronenberg really says that because he, I don't think he, um, he's interested in establishing the morality of his stories because he just, he just goes, so deeply into them and he he recognizes his own interest in in sort of being consumed by technology to an extent clearly throughout a lot of Cronenberg's career especially up until crash maybe not so much after crash but up until or even I guess existence after crash but he's he's always looking ahead to the future and how technology is going to influence our lives with videodrome with um even the fly, I guess you could say, um, not so much dead ringers, but, but he's, 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 he's very interested in how technology is kind of taking over humanity in a sense. And so I, I was able to connect more with the metaphor of the car as technology. And, and I think that really came together with, um, kind of rereading a bit of the novel and, Ballard's introduction to it, where where he kind of establishes his thesis statement, which is that the it this is an exploration of modern technology's influence on on our psychology and our sexuality. You you can certainly see that the 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 extension from that to her, where you you see Joaquin Phoenix's character very comfortable with the fact that he's in love with a computer, but that but that movie almost kind of kind of ends with. A, a bit of a moralistic message saying that, you know, we shouldn't really be doing this. I guess all of all of those stories are are still ultimately scared of the impact that the technology has on humanity. Even though even though we get closer and closer to the realization of a of a pure connection with technology, I think we'll we'll always be hesitant to fully embrace that. Or oh, we don't fully trust it. Yeah. Um, do you have any, have we, is there any points that you uh, wanted to touch on? Yeah. So there's a couple things. Um, I mentioned that I read the screenplay and, and it's just interesting how much, how much of the dialogue he actually cuts out of his own script in the, in the movie there. There's so much, like it's an hour and 40 minute long movie. The script in that I'm holding in my hand right now is only 67 pages long Mm -hmm. and I think I think they said the shooting the shooting script was seventy seven pages, so maybe that's just how the how this version is printed in the margins or whatever. So seventy seven page script. So you'd think you're only getting an eighty minute movie out of it, but he spent so much time on 
on the sex scenes and just on, you know, James staring out his window. And so, so he's, he's really just focused in on kind of allowing the characters to think because, you know, like for example, after Vaughn, um, after Vaughn and Catherine have sex in the, uh, in the car wash, there's just a whole extended sequence of, of James kind of exploring the bruises on her body. And, and she's just sitting there trying to reconcile with what's just happened to her. And so there's, there's so much of that that doesn't really come across in, in the script itself. And, um, in the novel, I just found to be kind of laborious and, and drawn out like the, the, the clinical nature of it that I mentioned just didn't really connect with me. Whereas I feel like the visuals that Cronenberg creates are very precise and they're, they're more digestible than, than, than the written word in this case, I think. And, and, and maybe it's because I've, I've kind of read about what the message is that they're trying to get across Mm -hmm. that I'm able to see that in the images. But I think if you, if you only had the film as a text, you could still, you could still get that out of it. I think Cronenberg certainly is trying to be faithful to uh, the tone of the book and and this uh, blending of uh, of man and machine. I think the film, though, also comes across as a very um, as a very sex positive message. I think it is. Uh, I think at the heart of it, the movie I'm talking about um, yeah. is about this couple who are very open about how they communicate with each other sexually and about and about how they need to find something to uh, reignite that spark. Um, the depiction of their relationship, even though that they are looking for thrills outside of their relationship, it still brings it back and, and says, like, this is helping to help them um, get past whatever uh, obstacle that they're currently encountering. So their their exposure to this group, to Vaughn and, and the others who are inter- introducing them to this new fetish, um, it, it does seem positive for them um, throughout the movie and, and by the end. I guess I, it might seem positive for them. I don't know if it's um, empirically positive. I, I think I think myself observing it from from the outside, I can um, I can certainly relate to their experience and their excitement and their discovery of this of this new form of sexuality being of interest to them, but I, I ultimately don't think that they're better off for having gone through these, these experiences. I mean, you can see how Vaughn's fate ends. Though, Gabrielle is, you know, yeah, a, yeah, a so mess of... They have scars from, from doing this, and then Vaughn, um, I think he's, he seems like a very fatalistic character, Vaughn. Yeah. Like, I think he, he gets to his end because that's ultimately what he wants. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I guess, I guess even, even just in how the characters express themselves, they don't, you know, you never, you never see them happy. Like they're not, they never, even though they're engaging in all of these sexual interactions, I don't really get the sense that they get all that much enjoyment out of it. Hmm. Specifically, Deborah Kara Oniger's character is just so like oppressively serious. Um, that I don't, I don't know. I just, I get the feeling that, that the characters start off in a very troubled state and and in an even more troubled state where they're you know going down the same path that that Vaughn and these other characters that all 
have ended up dead are ultimately like that's where they're ultimately headed i don't i don't think i don't think the movie ends with them having sex on the side of a highway to then say that oh you know they they just went back to normal life and he made his movies and that was it no they're gonna i think they're going to (laughs) they're pursuing something that is that happens after the movie Yeah. yeah again talking about kind of the thesis of of the story being kind of the fusing of 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 technology and sexuality but also Vaughn says here it's the future ballard and you're already a part of it for the first time a benevolent psychopathology beckons toward us for example the car crash is a fertilizing rather than a destructive event a liberation of sexual energy that that mediates the sexuality of those who have died with an intensity impossible in any other form to fully understand that and live that that is my project so I didn't really know what psychopathology meant. So from Wikipedia, psychopathology is the scientific study of mental disorders, including efforts to understand their genetic, biological, psychological, and social causes. So Vaughn then is acknowledging that they have a sickness. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that he's able to explore this sickness through, through this vehicular sexuality. Hmm. So yeah, so and so Ballard and Cronenberg, they've they I've listened to some interviews. They're speaking about kind of anticipating, you know, maybe it's happening now. But when they made it, when he made the film, and when Ballard wrote the novel, they're they're anticipating society developing into this state where you know people people people's relationships don't exist for for the betterment of themselves, but as as a way to basically just exist within their own illnesses. I, I don't, I don't follow. So you, I guess the typical understanding of an intimate relationship is that you, you benefit off the other person. Mm-hmm. Whereas it seems like they're, they're, they're attempting to suggest that you're actually devolving through these intimate relationships with people. Because specifically in this, in the case of James and Catherine, where, you know, they don't have children. It doesn't seem like they have any friends outside of this new network that they've discovered with, with Vaughn and his crew. They're, they're, they're very isolated individuals that live in a high rise and just sort of, they have their, their professional exploits, but otherwise their, their lives basically just exist to, to engage sexually with each other and, and really not develop beyond that. Um, okay. Well, I, I guess, uh, I, I felt it was a bit more hopeful than you did. Okay. Um, well, we usually talk about what makes it Canadian. Uh, what are the things that you identify that, um, that really identify it as a Canadian movie? For me, there's only one main thing that for me, um, sticks out and that is the prominent display of, uh, of a Canadian institution. Okay, which was when they go when Helen says let's go to the airport parking lot to have sex. It cuts to uh, it cuts to a shot where you see an Air Canada uh, jetliner coming across yeah, the tarmac. Yeah, yeah, I so, saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think any of the actors are Canadian. I don't think so. Oh well, Deborah Kerr Unger, I think. Is oh, she is. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, I might have to fact check that. Yeah, I can't really think of anything either. Elas Coteas, isn't he a Canadian? I don't think so. I can do a quick search here. Nah, nah. people can correct us in the comments. If we get any. It's <laughs> assuming that people are listening to this. Maybe psychopathologists will comment. Do, what did you think was Canadian about it? Yeah, I can't think of anything, really. Like Cron- n- none of those. Yeah, Cronenberg movies, they just seem to exist in their own, as their own thing. And, yeah, uh, without... he, doesn't, he doesn't really establish location. Yeah. 
license plates. License plates are very uh, clearly uh, Ontario. But, yeah. But um, yeah, that's not here or there. Yeah. yeah. How many Leafs would you give this movie? Uh, let's say, I don't know, man, like 13 out of 17. Wow. Leafs? Yeah. That's high. That's high. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I give it... Um, I give it a pretty high score out of 17. I'd say maybe like 14. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, where else can we uh, find projects that you're working on? I don't know that I have any projects that I'm working on, but our website is filmedincanada.net, right? Yeah. Yeah. And your personal projects are at uh, Married to a Fly. Oh, yeah. I have have Twitter. I I wouldn't call it a project, but... I don't even really tweet that much, but I'm at married to a fly and that's T O not the number two, but T O married to a fly. Okay. Well, I hope, uh, hope listeners enjoyed our discussion of, uh, Cronenberg's crash. Uh, and if you didn't, maybe the next one. Goodbye. 